Thank you for tuning into this sermon from New Life Student Ministries. Our goal is to inspire, equip, and support our students and families with biblically rich and God-centered teaching. These messages are meant to be supplemental and not substitutional for our weekly gathering. We hope this sermon is a blessing to you and your spiritual walk. Good. This is good. Um, okay, first, I think it was sweet. Jace um, introduced me as Miss Catherine Gerstenberg, but that's all going to change soon because my sweet Carson proposed on Friday, which was just a sweet little surprise. So just letting you guys know, it won't be Gerstenberg for much longer. So <laughs> embrace it. But yes. Okay, guys. And all that know Carson know he's a legend, like an incredible leader, am I right? Come on, boys. There it is. Okay, guys, we are going to be starting in 1 John 4. I know Pastor Tim has gone through 1 John 1, 2, and 3. I get the honor and privilege of starting in 1 John 4. Um, But speaking of name changes and weddings, I want to give you guys a little context into what we're talking about today. Um... But, okay, so first off, thank you for not skipping on today and going to First Wednesday. I'm really thankful that all of you guys came here. I'm just excited. I know that it's not the easiest decision to be sitting in school and then, um, or on Zoom calls or in class, and then come here and listen again to a teaching. So, guys, trust me, like, it is an honor and a privilege to have a little bit of your time. So, thank you. Um, But, so, for a little example... First, on what love is, we're talking about God is love, as we have for the last few weeks, and we will for a few more weeks. Um, We can talk about, like, God being love and then this process of loving people, but I want to equate it to, as we are stepping into wedding planning, we have a wedding and then a marriage, but the wedding is, like, the fun day, just one day, and then the marriage is, like, the hard work after. It is also fun, but there is a lot of long-term hard work, and I want to equate that to how our walk with the Lord is. I will acknowledge that walking with the Lord is not the easiest thing. We have this moment of salvation where we know that God is love and we um, ask him to be the Lord of our lives. But then there's this whole process after that of sanctification, of us being convicted and changing and um, inviting God into our everyday lives, which is not easy. So I want to tell you guys that this is hard. Um, So first, I want to give you a little context into 1 John. Then we're going to read through scripture. But if you would just imagine today that this is like a living room and there's not a couple hundred of you in here. There's like five of you and we're just going through like a Bible study because this is like an interesting text. We have the writer who is not, we're not 100% sure who wrote 1 John, but they're assuming it was John the Apostle, um, writing to not a group of unbelievers, but to a group of believers as yourselves. He refers to the believers, aka you guys, as beloved, the ones who are loved. So when we address Um, beloved know that he is not just talking about a group of people that were alive 2,000 years ago. He was talking about you guys in this room today, which is honestly such an honor. And it wasn't just a sermon. It was like a poetic sermon. It wasn't just a letter to people as we see in a lot of the New Testament writings. There were letters to groups of people from um, an apostle who was like far away praying for these people, but he, John was there, the writer was there talking to the believers in a poetic sermon kind of way. So 
We, if you guys want to turn into your Bibles to 1 John 4, I'm going to pray, and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, that you are here in this room. Lord, as we were praying over this room, you were here last week, you were here this week, and you were here um, for days to come. Jesus, you are present. You are with us everywhere we go, when we go home, when we go to school, when we go to friends' houses, when we go to track events and church events and um, funerals and weddings. You, God, are in all things, and you work through all things. So I say, Father, would you come and have your way? Lord, would you turn our ears to hear you and our eyes to see you? God, I pray for vulnerability in this room. I know that it's easy to just sit back and listen, but I pray that people would be engaged, God, that they would hear your word and be transformed by this word, and we would see you, that you are love, and that you are life, and that you are a perfect father. So come, Holy Spirit, and have your way. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, if you guys can actually close your eyes again, I am going to read over you. I know a lot of times we will read together, which I think is very important. However, I think that just like, I don't know, I went to TCA, and we had to like, every year recite poetry. Did anyone have to do that? Yeah. <laughs> hate, hate, hate. That was like, I like sweat. I got, it was gross. I did not like it at all. And then it was like freshman year, 25 lines you have to recite. Um, sophomore year, 50 lines. Junior year, 75. And then senior year was 100. And I literally memorized the exact, you can guys, life hack. I memorized one poem freshman year and said it every single year. So I had 25 lines covered. Um, and then I added one every year, but I repeated it, and teachers were like, don't repeat, we'll know. They never knew. So, okay, just kidding. I'm sorry, totally should not be saying that. But I'm going to read this over you guys, so f- please close your eyes, open your ears and your hearts, um, no talking, and I will read this over you. The writer says, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God shows us love, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of the spirit and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God and God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, okay, so I'm going to break this down one piece at a time. It's, it's a weird, I don't know like if anyone got confused because there's like God abides in love and God is love so that if I know love, I know God, but if I know God, I know love, and it's just like this weird cycle, and so we're going to breathe, and we are going to fully embrace the scripture because it is good, and it is helpful. Um, So he starts out, the writer starts out by saying, beloved, beloved, which is a reminder from him that, as I said, you are the people, the loved ones 
that know God, so therefore you know love. And he says, let us love one another, for love is from God. This is like, it's like, let us love one another is his statement of teaching. So he's almost like commissioning us to love one another. And then he says, for love is from God. And so when we have the opportunity to love, track with me, we are also like sharing a piece of God with other people. So he's, it's like, okay, so like this love is... I'm going to try and do my best to unravel what love is, abiding um, in God and just how to love through this. Like, it's all going to be confusing, but hopefully at the end you guys will get it. But I'll define love. It is an agape love. This is the Greek term for a spiritual kind of love that can only be experienced through God. It's a love that we cannot have apart from God. So there's no way for you to love like this or love, just like the text says, without God. Love is God's like greatest evidence that he is alive and he is moving and he is working and he is present. That's what love is. So when you, if you're in a situation where you don't feel love, like invite love into that, where you don't feel God. Like I know there's been a lot of like hard times recently, loneliness, and like inviting God into that presence will change the trajectory of how that situation turns out um, because God is love. So then he continues on and he says, whoever loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. He's like so repetitive. Tell me that's not confusing. I was like, I can't understand this. I feel like I'm saying love a million times. But it's because the reader wants you guys to get it. We can't imagine being without love. Like, I know it's like an opportunity that we have in this church, within these four walls, to love. We know love and we know God, which is such a gift that we have. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, there are people in Colorado Springs that do not know what love is, that do not know who God is. And so, like, as humans, we are compelled to love to seek something out, and sometimes it is a false love, and sometimes it is the agape love. And so we have the gift, remember that we have a gift of knowing this kind of love, because humans are created for love, because we were made in God's image. Um, nine, chapter, or verse 9 says, By this lo- the love of God was made manifest in us. Manifest just means like it was um, shown in us, created within us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we may live through him. In this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation of our sins. So um, I think like it's hard with, you know, have you ever had like your parent ask you to do something you've never done before and you're like, I don't know how to do this, and like, go figure it out. And I'm like, I can't. (laughs) Well, it's like God asking us to love, but it's like, how can I do that if I've never seen that before? Well, um, I mean, obviously, like, Jesus being the ultimate gift, like, the ultimate act of love is first God showing us that act of love. Um, But what I also want us to know, like, there's two sides of this coin where we have love and then the absence of love, like the absence of God is sin and darkness and hate. And there are like stories in the Bible that talk about what hate is. So I'll just define it a couple, like in a couple different stories. There we have um, in Genesis, we have the story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel were Adam and Eve's sons and um, they grew up and they brought gifts to the Lord. They brought offerings to the Lord. And um, Cain brought an offering, just an offering. It says... 
he brought an offering to God. And then it says, Abel, Abel brought him the firstborn animal that he had. And so God took favor in Abel's offering because Abel gave of his best. He gave of his first. And just like the Lord asked us to tithe, like giving of our best, giving of our first. Whereas Cain is like, oh, I'm not going to give the best. I'm just going to give God something. Like communicating, you're not worthy of my very best. And so in God taking um, priority, not priority, he took like, um, he really valued Abel's offering over Cain's offering, and Cain grew very jealous. I don't know if any of you have ever been jealous in this room. I know I have. There's a lot of, like, comparison, especially with women. Like, we compare a lot or we see what other people have um, or with guys, like, seeing the education that some people are getting or the jobs that people are getting, their, like, the income, the number of, like, dollar bills flowing in, the ones that we're not getting. Like, there's a comparison. There's a jealousy. Um, and that resulted, that, that hatred resulted in Cain killing his brother, and that's the thing that happens is when there is an absence of love, darkness takes over and we spiral into ugliness and things happen that we never think were possible. And so if we understand, just like um, Pastor Tim talked about a while ago, knowing our sin, we must also get to know our enemy. Getting to know the darkness within us. I think there will always be a thorn in some of our sides as in like a stumbling block something that we absolutely have to rely on the Lord to give us the strength to overcome or else that will always and forever be a stumbling block that we have so I'm just going yeah we have a few more verses so bear with me um verse 11 says beloved here it comes again reminding the people of God like you are the loved ones if God so loved us we also ought to love one another no one has ever seen God, and if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. And we talked last week about abiding, which means dwelling within, to remain in. And as we're worshiping, I was just like, my eyes started watering. I just see a lot of you guys. I mean, I walked in, and you were all on your hands and knees, and that is a posture of abiding. And that posture, I know for many of you, it was not the first time that you've been on your hands and knees, that you've been worshiping our Father. It is just another representation and another way that, like, we get to see each other abiding in God's will. But I know that a lot of you guys do that day in and day out because we know that God is with us and not just in church and not just in the hard moments, but he's there with us in the good moments and in the crazy moments. And we're in school and there's, there's a God that is always with us and he's always for us. So... It's hard, um, okay, my voice sounds a little weird because I may have been singing at the top of my lungs. Thank you, Lauren, for leading us in those worship songs. Um, but, um, okay, so it says, verse 12, no one has ever seen God. Is that true for everyone here? Come on. Guys, is that true for, tell me if you've seen God. Give, give me all hand raised. No, no one's seen God. We, we don't see God. Um, we have never seen God. But what we do see is love. And when we know that God is love, we have seen God. So we had over the summer when COVID, everything shut down. It was like last year around this time, um, Pastor Victor, Chase, Tim, and myself all kind of like, um, we were like, let's do a panel, a question and a bit. Thank you. What a guy. Thanks, Victor. Um, a question and answer panel um, where we, look, I already had water. Um, 
Thanks, Victor. <laughs> uh, where we were like, okay, I bet you guys have questions. And all of you, or not all of you, a lot of you started to ask like these hard questions. And I was like, wow, the questions I was asking myself and the people were like, what are you wearing to school tomorrow? And not like, why did God create humans if he knew that we would become sinful and live in this world and be separate from him? And I was like, wow, you guys are asking some really amazing and good questions. I want to emphasize that question asking is a good thing and not a bad thing. It might be scary, but if we believe that the Lord's with us, he will lead us to the right answers. Um, well, one of the students for the panel was like, so I have a friend she doesn't want to know the Lord. She doesn't want to have anything to do with God. Like she had a bad experience at church. How can I witness to her as, and be an example to her if she doesn't want to hear about God? And I loved this question. It was like, it's, I think it's like very applicable to us today. Like how do we show people God? Because we are one image bearers of God. Two, we are called to know God and make disciples, which means like we teach and we lead and we love, and out of that, people learn. Um, and so it was like, okay, so if your friend didn't want to know God or if she didn't want you breathing down her neck like scripture saying, I'm praying for you and just talking about God all the time because sometimes people shut down, why, like how can we actually show the love of God? How can we actually teach them? Have any of you had that question before? Like if you're in school and you're like, I know a friend who has no idea who God is, but they, I'm really uncomfortable and they do not want to hear God or anything that has to do with God. Maybe they've had a bad experience. Like it just can get weird sometimes. And I validate that. Like it is hard, especially being like in your school, maybe the one person that knows God or maybe there's 30 people, but no one ever talks about it. Well, there's like a way for people to experience the love of God. There's a way for people to experience the love of God. And so we got to teach um, the student that asked that question, like how do we teach them about God if they don't really want to hear the name God? And um, if God abides in us and his love is perfected in us, we get to act in love to show people that. And so it's, it's like kind of uncomfortable because it's like against our culture to do things and not like get anything in return. And I'll explain more of like the practical how in a minute. Um, but I just wanted to like hit on there, like God, in, okay, so say in Acts 2, we had, um, actually no, in the um, Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have Jesus walking this earth. Lucky them, they got to walk with Jesus and see Jesus and touch Jesus and eat with Jesus. Like it was, I was like, man, that would be so cool. But then Jesus is like, I'm with you always and I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then we see right after the gospels, we have Acts and Jesus ascends into heaven and the guys are like, excuse me, uh, you said you'd never leave us and you're literally floating on a cloud up into heaven. How are we supposed to do this without you? And then not even a few verses later or a few chapters later, the Holy Spirit descends on a room like you guys, believers, people who knew God, but now had the power of the Holy Spirit living within them. It was like tongues of fire had fallen into the room, and it was like this intense moment where it like the room shifted, and they had different languages flowing out of their mouths, and like people could understand people from across the room, and they went out into the nations, and they spoke, they preached the gospel, and people's lives were transformed, but none of that could have happened without the power of the Holy Spirit. And what is amazing is we have the Holy Spirit with us and in us and working through us today. 
And so then verse 13 says, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. So Jesus was sent to be the savior and because Jesus defeated sin and death, we now have the Holy Spirit working in us and through us and we get to lean on the Holy Spirit to allow us the strength and the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding to show love to the people who don't know God. Let me say that again, like we have the ability in us, everybody say me, I, I have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to love people and change their lives for all of eternity. You, you do. Do you know that like you do? Not just me, not just Pastor Tim, not just Lauren, not just Victor, not just Chase. Like it is you guys in this room. I don't think you get it. Like that's like a, like that, I don't even know. I'd like get up and like sing and dance. Come on, Natalie, do something cool. Um, just, okay, thank you. There it is, hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, get an amen, sister. Okay, that's my sister, by the way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> She's like the little cutie with the white hat over here singing worship. Um, okay. You're welcome. Okay, okay, so verse 15, we're going to keep going. I'm, I digress. Okay, verse 15, it says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God and God abides in him and he in God, we have come to know that and have believed that the love which God has for us. So we, so I feel like a lot of us in this room know that we have the Holy Spirit in us and that God is love and God is in us. Therefore, we have love and we get to share that love and it's just this whole awesome cycle. But then sometimes it gets to our big heads. Like Jesus talks about like these sheep, like these idiot sheep that are roaming even though they know like, I'm sorry, they know like their shepherd, the one who protects them and takes care of them. And they're like, I don't really care. I think this grass is greener. I'm going to go wander over here. And Jesus is like, okay, I'm coming back to get you. And then, then it's like they know their shepherd. You know God, yet we're prone to wander. All of us are prone to wander. Guys, it's in a song. Like we're prone to wander. It is like in our DNA, and then we have the shepherd, the good shepherd. It talks about in Psalm 23, how the Lord is my shepherd. He comes to get us, he rescues us, he saves us, he protects us. He calls us his sheep as dumb as we are, and I know that we are because I am, and I am no better than any of you, so like we're all in the same boat here, and God is still like, I love you, and I want you, and I want to use you. So God uses us, and he does. And so then some of us, some of us may have like this big head, but then there's other who are like, I, I've gone so far away that like God doesn't actually want me or I'm not good enough to love. Has anyone in the room felt like that? I would love to see hands because you are not alone. I have definitely felt like that. And I want to give you guys this encouragement from Romans 8, 35 through 39. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. Guys, the enemy is attacking us all day long and we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. As sheep who are prone to wander, to wander into darkness and never return. And the enemy knows that he can call some of you guys so far into darkness. But what's amazing in verse 37, it says, no, in all these 
we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing will separate you from God's love. I don't care how far you run. I don't know if you know the story of the prodigal son, but he ran far and wide and he did all the nasties and then he came back and his father embraced him in all loving kindness and said, I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. And he welcomed him home. And then we have the last, well, one of the last parts. Bear with me, guys. Um, God is love. Can I get an amen? There it is. Thank you. And <laughs> I really sound like, okay, it doesn't matter. Okay, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. And we're singing this worship song about abiding. Guys, abiding and dwelling and just like, like soaking in God's presence. It's like this whole cycle of like, we abide in God and God is in us and God is love, therefore we have love and we get to share that love and then it flips over and then the love that we share, people have and they learn to love and then in that love, they're like compelled to want more and so then they abide in, in God's love and they learn who God is and then again, they start to love and know that and love other people and that's how this cycle continues is it's not just one crazy moment where it's like really a no Nowhere else in history has the spirit just descended, changed everyone's languages, and then people are understanding each other from all different parts of the room in different languages. Like, that doesn't necessarily happen. It's like this long-term thing, like what I said before about marriage, like a wedding being just the big one fun day, and then the, no, the, uh, the wedding is the big fun day, and then the marriage is the rest of the time after that. It's like your salvation is this moment of like, you know that God is God, he is love, and you want to like walk in his presence for the rest of your life. And sanctification is that process in which you do so for the rest of your lives. And I love that. We get to partake in that. So like an important piece that I want you guys to take away from today is that loving one another is like sharing a piece of God. Loving one another and I will get to the how to do so soon, but loving one another is like sharing a piece of God. When we have like a birthday cake, you don't just eat it all to yourself, and if you do, you're selfish. Um, you give it away to people. You give it away, you invite people in and you share the goodness of what you have and it's such a good time. It's so fun and it's so worth it. So I wanna say that again, loving one another is like sharing a piece of God. And how do we do that? Well. You know me. I like um, practical tips and tricks on how to get through life a little bit easier. Um, and I love to talk about like psychology and communication. And part of that is um, love languages. Now this is not necessarily just for people in a relationship, for our moms and dads. It is for all of us, love languages. There's five of them. And I will clarify, this is not like from the Bible. Paul does not say there are five love languages. It is at Catherine and she is equating it to how it is seen in scripture. So I will just name off the five really quickly. One is gift giving. Everybody loves to receive, well not everyone. There are people that don't like to receive gifts, but there are ways that we show love and ways that we receive love. And so one of them, shh, 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 shh. I know love is wonderful, we love love. Okay, 
One is gift giving, another one is words of affirmation. We have physical touch, quality time, and acts of service. Now we have gift giving as that's seen in scripture where it talks about the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And that is a gift given to us. A gift is something we don't necessarily deserve, but we get it. And it is beautiful and it is wonderful. Then we have words of affirmation. Words of affirmation, I love compliments, not like the, oh, you're so cute today, but like, Catherine, I saw how hard you worked, and this is the fruit that came from that. When people speak life over you, it restores their soul. It's like water nourishing to their bodies. Like, after you run a long race, you just down some water, and it feels so good. Like, that is what this act of love is for some people. Then we have physical touch, and I don't mean like the lovey-dovey, like romantic physical touch. It is the laying on of hands during prayer. When the woman touched Jesus' um, robe, she was healed. Like there is something in the power of touch. When people come up for prayer, it removes all barriers of loneliness and isolation. It says you are here and I am here and we are with each other together. And so there is, a, there is power in physical touch. There are healing hands in physical touch. And then we have quality time. This is one of my favorites because I love being with people. Quality time, like in a world where we are so connected via social media, we are so disconnected. And I know you guys have heard that before, but I know that you also have felt that, where there's a loneliness and there's a sadness in that and there's a hurt and there's a pain in that. But when we abide in the presence of God, we are with God and there's quality time with the Father. Jesus does this in the um, Garden of Gethsemane. He does this when he withdraws into the wilderness. He spends time with the Father, this quality time that is so transformative. Um, if I could have the worship team come back up, that'd be awesome. Um, so then we have quality time. And then we have acts of service as the last one. And this is the way that I receive love in, I don't know, I just love this, where people are, if like there's a bunch of people standing around and like I'm the only one picking up trash, like and then someone goes out to pick up the trash with me, that's like the biggest act of service. When someone like does the dishes or vacuums the floor, those kind of like old people boring things. But like to me, that means the world to me. I'm not kidding, guys. Clean lines from a vacuum are so satisfying. Can I get an amen? Come on, there it is, there it is. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> um, okay, but I love this verse where it just, um, it communicates this so clearly, where Matthew 20, it talks about the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Jesus did this through the washing of feet, through the paying of debts, literally his act on the cross, his death and his resurrection was the ultimate act of love, but it was also um, an act of service to serve his people. To say, I'm going to come down to your level and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to cry with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to heal you. And then I'm going to die. But not just stay dead. He, he raised back to life and there was this fullness of life. And so we see in these five acts of service, I want, or acts of love, one being acts of service, um, that's, those are some practical ways that you guys can love one another. And knowing that, like we see that in the life of Jesus. So the more we get to know Jesus in reading our word, in reading his word, in reading our Bibles, we get to learn more of who Jesus is, 
who Jesus was at the time, but he is still that today. And we get to act out in that. And so the more we know the word, the more we're going to be able to do this. Um, leaders, if I could have you guys start to hand out some of the papers and pens. We're going to do a little worship response. Um, so listen up closely. Um, so back, I was, so I went to college and I lived at a family's house. Um, and I don't know if you guys know Coach Kuiper. She was a PE coach at TCA. Yeah, she's awesome. I got to live at her house for a year, and that was literally one of the biggest gifts of my entire life. Because that, that was a huge gift. But what um, her daughter Ashley was away in college at GCU, and she was having a really hard time with a roommate. She was really struggling with the roommate. Um, the roommate wasn't very kind. The roommate did not really listen. She wasn't participating like in her life. She just didn't really care. And she was mean. And I'll tell you, like, people are mean. Um, and she kept calling home being like, Mom, I don't know how to love her. I don't know really want to be with her. I don't know what I can do. Like, she's here, and I know I'm called to love her, but I don't know how. And her mom and this sweet, loving woman said, wash her feet. And I know some of you guys are like, that's nasty. I don't touch feet, they're stinky. I'm sure Pastor Tim would say that's nasty. But it is the, like, it is such a humili, not humiliating, it is a humble act of love. Guys, keep your eyes focused on me. It is a, like, an incredible act of love to wash someone's feet. And Ashley was like, excuse me, you want me to go to a girl who doesn't really like me and that you want me to wash your feet? Like, what if she doesn't even know, like, this is something that Christians do? And her mom said, go wash your feet. And so Ashley went, and she filled up a bucket of water, and she asked her roommate, hey, can I wash your feet? And her roommate was, like, taken back, but she was also curious. And she said, sure. And so Ashley got down on her hands and knees. She put the bucket in front of her, and she started washing her feet. And in this moment, Ashley realized, like, this is what Jesus did to those who did not deserve the love of God. This is what grace is. This is what forgiveness is. Whether her friend knew that she had hurt Ashley or not, Ashley's heart was transformed in that moment. There was a forgiveness in her heart. But her roommate also got to experience firsthand what this love was. This love was not the mushy-gushy kind of love we see on movies all the time. It was the love of God. And it transformed not only her friend's heart, her roommate's heart, it transformed Ashley's heart. And so in this time, I want you guys, okay, first off, I'm gonna be honest, I was trying to make you guys wash each other's feet today, but that got vetoed, so you're welcome for whoever vetoed that. But um, this is, everyone raise your, raise your hand if you didn't get a piece of paper. Okay, cool, thank you leaders for doing that. Um, all right, shh, 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 shh. I want everyone to close their eyes, bow their heads, stop talking, focus. I want you guys to focus your hearts. Ask the Lord um, a question, who can I love today or love this week? an act of love, whether that is spending quality time with someone, whether that is speaking words of affirmation. We bless you guys every single week so that you guys know how to bless and speak life over others. How can you maybe, um, yeah, serve someone, 
speak life over them, maybe pray over them and lay hands on them. Give someone a hug. I know I'm not a huge like physical touch person with certain people, so like a hug is kind of uncomfy. So maybe there's something else. Maybe giving a gift, buying coffee, Venmoing someone $5 and say, hey, this one's on me, you can get coffee. There's just certain ways that we can love someone that are tangible and I pray, I pray, pray. Something I've been asking the Lord to do like in this exercise, you guys are not only loving someone and transforming their heart through an act of love, but your heart is also transformed. And so I don't want you to think of the guy you like or the girl you like. I want you to think of someone who is hard to love. Is it your dad? Is it your mom? Is it your brother or your sister? Maybe it's your teacher. Maybe it is your next door neighbor. Who is hard to love? Who is hard to serve? Hard to spend time with? I want you to either write them a letter, which is what the paper's for, or you can make a commitment on that paper and and tell yourself, this is how you're gonna love them this week. The reason I want you to write it down is so you don't forget it's easy to walk out of here and there's no accountability but I would love for you guys to be so moved by this and you so compelled to love because you guys know as beloved children of God the love of God but do they know that love so I'm going to give you a few minutes we're going to go into another song um, but write down that name write them a letter words of affirmation maybe say like okay I'm going to Venmo them five dollars tomorrow Whatever that is. And I want you guys to take that time and really ask the Lord who is hard to love. Because he will bring a name to mind. I'm pretty sure of it. Thanks again for listening to this message from New Life Student Ministries. If you want to keep up with what's happening with us, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at NL Student Ministries.